the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I try to blend in a little pop culture here and there. I tried to give you a Generation X approach to money and investing and get into retirement. I think I dedicate this show towards the golden years, age 60 to 100. But yet, it's funny. I don't want people who are 60 to 100 listening to the show because you already did it. And I'm going to offend you. I'm going to offend you so much during the show. From time to time, I'm going to talk things that sound sexist. I'm going to talk things that sound, you know, did he really just say that? And just honest to a, honest to a fault. So at times, you're going to moan. You're going to go, oh. And when you moan, I'm just going to. Pretend you're French and you're enjoying it. Oh, because moaning's okay. Being slightly uncomfortable is okay, especially when you're talking about hard to deal with issues. And my management at the station, in all their wisdom, they want me to start light. Armstrong and Getty has a light start to their show, a light feel to it. It's whimsical. It's fun. It's ha-ha. Let's poke at Tiger Woods. Keep in mind, I don't think you ever poke a tiger. I just think that's a bad, bad idea. So they've given me jokes to tell you about Tiger Woods. Ping, which is a golf club manufacturer, just offered Elin Woods an endorsement contract pushing her own set of drivers. They're said to be named Elin Woods, clubs you can beat Tiger with. Go get a rim shot. I got more. Wait, wait, keep the rim shot ready because I got more. Um, Phil Mickelson, he contacted Tiger's wife to pick up some tips on how to beat Tiger. Hey, hey, I'm getting into this. Tiger crashed his car because he was in a rush to move on to the second hole. Is that light enough? Can I now go into anything else that I want to go into? What do you buy? Ti- a ti- what do you buy a tiger for Christmas? A new windshield. Oh, and now uh, Gillette. You know, they, Gillette's a big sponsor, and they've recently said we're not going to feature Tiger Woods for the next couple months. We're going to lay kind of low. We're not going to drop him. Uh, we'll probably just endorse Roger Federer a little bit more at this point in time, because after Tiger got into trouble, um, he said that was the closest shaves that he has ever had in his life. It's so bad. It's train wreck radio, as I like to refer to it. Woo! You're listening to train wreck radio. Let's talk something serious. And I want your opinions on this. And again, we've done the light stuff. It's now out of the way. It's in a box. It's in a corner. Um, This is maybe political talk. This is maybe a little on the conservative side. Uh, The phone number for the show is 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Okay, now, just because you're the world's number one golfer doesn't mean you can't be beaten by your wife. See, the Tiger Wood jokes are just lame. (laughs) Okay, so here's the serious topic that I want you to call in on. And I want you to actually show me that you're listening 
and show me that um, you can get interactive. So you can get interactive at talk910.com, talk910.com at the blog, but you can also get interactive with this topic because this is an interactive topic. Even as job losses in the United States mount, employers right now, they're reaching out for more skilled workers from abroad. Now, we know unemployment in the state of California is 12.5% roughly, right? Now, truly unemployed, i.e. people who want to work more hours, they're considered underemployed. So we know that number is closer to 20% of the citizens in California. They want more work. They want more money, more money, more money, more. So job companies right now, they're using the H-1B-1 program. And they're exhausting the 65,000 visas allotted each year for foreign hires. Now, some 61,500 visas have been used as of December 8th. So they're all going to be claimed within weeks. They're all going to be claimed. Now, this is a little bit surprising considering the state of the economy. Why are we hiring outside foreign workers to come work in our country when there's clearly people who are American, American, who could use the job? Numbers are surprising. Now, if you take a look at it, the H-1B-1 program allows employers to sponsor skilled workers from overseas for up to three years with the possibility of extending for additional years. Now, of the 200 recipients in 2009, American businesses accounted for about 49% of the visas, up from 43% in 2008. Microsoft, number two on the list, they've brought in 1,318 approvals. Intel's number three with 723. That chip giant says that they're using the current visas to recruit high-skill post and software and component design. They only use it for areas where they say they got domestic skills shortages. So the Obama administration is struggling to create jobs in the United States. And, hey, there's 65,000 jobs that we imported, that we brought from overseas. Politicians are debating right now whether the visa program needs fundamental change. For instance, Senator Bernie Sanders and Senator Charles Grassley of Iowa, they introduced a bill to bar major companies that lay off U.S. workers from hiring foreign labor through H-1B1 and other programs. I don't know how I feel about that. If you've ever been to Iowa, it's probably the whitest city in the United States. It literally is, is if you see a Latin person, you're like, whoa, look at all the color on their skin. Or if you see an Italian, you're like, whoa, what continent are you from? It's crazy. They, they, Iowa's freakish. I don't know if I want Charles Grassley saying what's right for corporate America when he comes from such a white bread you know, uh, Wonder Bread kind of neighborhood. So I know the Bay Area thrives off our diversity. I know it's a good thing that we have diversity here. I know it is. I've lived in parts of the country where we have no diversity, and I can tell you that there's a lot more uh, race relation problems than there are in the state of California. So how do you feel about visas? How do you feel? Do you think we should be employing people from India, from China? Do you think we should be giving them high-paying jobs, which they pay taxes on, should we be giving them the jobs versus the guy who was born in America, the guy from Erie, Pennsylvania, small town, high school football star? Should we take his job away and give it to someone else? As Senate Democrats on Monday, they dropped a plan to expand Medicare. This is a whole different topic. So let me stay on the visa topic for one more second. What side do you stand on? Do you stand on we have enough talent here that we should be hiring here? Do you stand on the side of the fence that uh, this is offensive considering companies like Intel are laying off people? Why are they hiring people from foreign countries? Do you stand on the fence that maybe they get the jobs because they're the smartest people and Intel's not stupid? Intel's not going to put someone into a job that's underqualified. They want someone who's overqualified. They want to get the most out of that worker. Where do you stand on this topic? 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 345 Five six 
1-800-636-1039 to get your calls on the air. And there's one more thing that happened kind of last night that I need to drop on you. And it's tied towards our Congress. It's tied towards our Congress. They dropped a plan to expand Medicare, winning the support of moderates and the reluctant acquiescence of liberals in another major step toward building enough support to pass a health care overhaul. Now, the idea of letting people ages 55 to 64 buy into Medicare, announced just last week, has threatened to explode the Democrats' hopes of getting a bill through the Senate when Joseph Lieberman came out against it. In evening caucus last night, 58 Democrats and two independents, they basically got together, Lieberman, Harry Reid, other party leaders made clear that they wanted to head off the dispute. Evan Bach, Senator Evan Bach, Democrat out in Indiana, said he agreed that the dispute over Medicare shouldn't hold up legislation that would extend coverage to tens of thousands and millions of Americans. There are a lot of good things here, to use an old cliché. The general consensus was we shouldn't make the perfect enemy of the good. I've never heard that cliche. Make the perfect enemy of the good. Never heard that. But anyway, uh, healthcare is it going to get done before Christmas? Oh ho ho! Let's go to John on eight eighty. John. Yes. Go ahead, John. Hi, Rob. Charles Grassley's right. Charles Grassley uh, out of out of Iowa says that if a company is laying off Americans, they should not be hired, allowed to hire foreign workers. Yeah, they should stop trying to get people from overseas to come over here. They should have to jump through hoops before they hire. They should hire everybody from the country, laying off all these people. And, you know, we should go over a lot of things because <laughs> it's, it's like you insinuated that it's not a good idea, even though you said what you said about the two lawmakers. <laughs> well, no, I, I'll even go. I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate here, John. I'll go as far as to say, shouldn't it? And let's, we'll just use Intel as a, a made up example. If Intel's yeah. firing 10,000 people, they want to hire 500 software engineers. Wouldn't it be the thought that they're hiring the best software engineers on the planet and that they should be allowed to go and get those people anywhere that they can versus limiting them to American workers? Or do you think well, do you think corporate well, America you know they have to they should have to prove that they they've tried for a year before they fill these jobs. There's a lot of people that laid off all over from dot coms and industries and you know this whole system we we take so many jumped ahead in all these different ways and financial you know it's just ridiculous with the way they waste waste money and to help people you know it's just ridiculous now John, let me ask you a slightly offensive question. Let's and let me just go with this. And this is again, it's slightly offensive. If you can hire Abu from India, who's the top of his class, top software semiconductor designer in the world, but he happens to be from India, or you can hire Chuck, a guy from Iowa who's slightly overweight, and he kind of got B's in college. Are you telling me that as an employer, you feel that you should be forced to hire Chuck over Abu? Well, maybe they should hire somebody that has most of the the technical abilities to do it and teach them some more. Okay. And maybe you get, if you get somebody that follows the leader, maybe you'd find out maybe they could invent something better for, for the world. As an employer, I'm deeply offended by you telling me that, but I, I, I I understand your right to say it, John. Yeah. There's a lot of ideas out there. Yeah. You know, thanks for the call. Let's go to Aaron in Menlo park. Aaron. Hi there. Yes. I think anyone who, who feels, the same way as the previous caller has never worked in the high-tech industry. I have, and I had many engineers uh, on our team who were from other countries. We're trying to get a product out. It's, we're talking about highly specific 
jobs and technologies, somebody who's an expert at ATM. It's so hard to find these folks and get your product done. It's it's not just a warm body. It's a very specific skill set, very hard to find. And if you... If we stop the product, if we stop the, uh, if we're, if we're going to spend all our time trying to find someone who's an American who can do this, we're going to stop the product. And then on top we're, of it, train them to be as qualified as someone else. Oh my gosh. It's going to cost us even more money. So. I, uh, absolutely. My husband works in software development, and if he had to lose somebody on his team who's currently on a visa, I, I can't tell you how long it would take him to find and retrain. It impacts it impacts sales. It impacts jobs further downstream to take that position. Thanks for the call, Aaron. Let's go to Larry in Richmond. Larry? Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah, um, I agree that uh, with, with the uh, statement that uh, foreign workers should not be allowed to uh, work here in the United States when we have qualified people here in the United States that are able to do the jobs that, uh, that anybody else can do. So you think Intel and Microsoft are saying, we see qualified Americans and we don't want to hire them. We want to hire someone from India and China. You think they're doing that intentionally and ignoring the American workers? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. Okay, and, why is that? Well, if I could give you a real quick scenario. Sure, give me a real quick scenario. Back in 1973, I went to the library after hearing a uh, seminar by a man that wrote a book called The Great Late Planet Earth, Hal Lindsey. And he was talking about uh, the New World Order. So I went into the uh, library, and I researched it on, back then it was a microfish. I wrote to the Trilateral Commission, and they talked about the new global world, of which we're seeing shoved down our throats now. Okay. And everything that's going on from bringing in peoples from different cultures, different ethnicities, uh, and so on, is to dilute our culture, dilute our nation, so that nobody has uh, identity. And we can bring about a new socialistic type world, of which we're seeing happen now. Um, wherever this new globalistic world is going to head to, I'm not really sure. However, we can see what's going on with uh, bringing about health care to, to you name it. Thanks for and, the call, Larry. i got to head to break. I appreciate the call. Thanks. That's Larry Richmond. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. We're talking about visas. And it's controversial. Right now we're still hiring 65,000 plus people from foreign countries to come work for our countries, uh, our companies. Everyone has an opinion on this. Are they hiring the cheapest and the brightest, or are they hiring the most expensive and underqualified in the United States? It's a good question. I, te- I tend to stand on the... I'll tell you where I tend to stand on this. When we come after break, if you want to have a little bit more opinion on this, call in 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. You can follow along online at talk910.com, talk910.com. More stimulating talk. Get in the Rob Black chat room live now. Go to talk910.com. Go to the Rob Black page and click play. So this is Mia. I love the guns in this song. I don't know. If I were a musician, I'd have guns in my songs. 
It goes bang, bang, bang. Gotta hear the guns. We're doing a topic today on foreign talent and visas. And where do you stand on it? Here it is, here it is. Oh no, oh no, tease. So, H-1B visas. Tech companies gobble them up. They, they prize them. They want the foreign workers. Here it is. For some reason, not so big in the United States. Anyway, um, so H-1B program, we're allowed to get 65,000 foreign-born citizens in the United States, basically quickly through immigration services and put in tech companies. And this is a controversial topic. Um, Should corporate America be forced to hire American workers? Well, our tax, they don't get tax breaks for it. There's no incentive. And I come down on the side of the corporate America. It should be up to them to decide who works for the company or not. They shouldn't discriminate. In a way, some people saying that they shouldn't be able to hire international workers is a form of discrimination. I don't think discrimination is ever good. Now, you could say, well, maybe corporate America is hiring these uh, people from India, these these savages from India, and paying them nothing. They're paying them in chicken bones. That's not happening. That's not happening. You know, when you pull someone from India or China and they're an engineer, they're not stupid. They're not. They're not getting underpaid. And for corporate America, that would be like me. Let's say I want to run a strip club. And I want the most beautiful women in the world. I want to call it Rob's World of Beauty. I don't want just white people. I want some people with color on their skin. And I should be allowed to import them and pay them what I want. And if you want to set up a a competitive business right next to me called uh, Wonder Bread uh, Nude World, that's fine. And you only feature white people. May the best man win. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Also, there's a thing called a brain drain going on, but I'll tell you about the brain drain in just a second. Let's go to John in Redwood City. John? Hey, uh, first-time listener, first-time caller. Really? Um, I understand what your previous callers said about, uh, you know, the demands of certain specific talent and so forth, but I think there's another side of this coin. I'm in a position right now where my, where I have to bring, where my company is going to be outsourcing my job. I have to bring these people in. I have to sit them down next to we're a group of 23 people. We're going to be outsourced. We're going to be gone, and we've got to train these people to do our job. And now, I mean, I've, I've worked for this company for 33 years. I put in 60, 70 hours a week, and this is what is happening. So to tell me that they cannot train American workers when I have to turn around and train foreign workers is that, um, John, should it be corporate America who trains American workers or should it be American workers who train themselves? Well, you know, I think we have an individual responsibility to do that. But the thing on the other hand is that, that, uh, uh, I think that I think that the corporations have a responsibility. You're talking about international. You're talking about international corporations here that have no particular, uh, in my view, um, I, I don't want to use the word loyalty. That sounds too fluffy. But there's no commitment to the particular nationality. There's, there are corporations here that have to have domestic content. Look at Boeing Aircraft, for example. John, what what, have, what job? They have to have aircraft. 
parts built in other parts of the world because that nation will not allow them to sell that airplane. They won't buy that airplane unless they have domestic content. What is the difference with having domestic content for workers? You know, I, I'm sorry if I'm saying a little bit. I mean, this is the first time I've ever done this. So well, I think it's good. And, 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 and I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I actually do have uh, an appointment I have to go to, so I kind of just kind of got in on the middle of your conversation. Good luck, John. Anyway, that's my opinion, so... Uh, Thanks for the call. Let's go to John Doe. John Doe in San Jose. John Doe, are you, is your real last name Doe? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> what, what's your thoughts? Um, so I, I work for a, um, a high-tech company that's um, centered here in the Bay Area. Yeah. And and right now I see, you know, I, I'm in full support of H-1B visas because I think it's, you know, it's great for the country. These people are boosting our property values. They pay taxes. They consume here. Yep. But what freaks me out is, is I, I see that, you know, every group I've been in at this company, I've been there 10 years, is this huge movement to take the jobs that we've got here, move them overseas. And, and yeah, I think they're getting qualified workers who are doing a good job overseas, but it's purely about money. Um, for example, they, they, they'll lay off somebody in, in my group here. So we'll replace them with two people overseas. And I totally see this as a great business decision, but it's purely business. And it's really bad for the country because, I mean, those jobs were being done fine here, and it's purely done by money. So, I mean, I, I, I see the rationale, yeah. but I, I just think it's, it's, it's horrible what's happening to our tax base because all the jobs are going to go away. I agree with and you. They're not coming back. What's, and, interesting and, you know, yeah, what's interesting to note about that, John, is do we want Intel to make their chips here? Do we want an American Intel with the best employees based here? Or do we want a foreign competitor to steal away these Intel employees and put them in China, and suddenly Intel's got competition like they've never had before? Yeah, yeah, and and also the other thing is it is brain drain, right? These jobs are not coming back. Right. That skill's going to not be here because there's not people here doing it anymore over time. So it just it just worries me. You know, they talk about a recovery, and I, I just laugh, and I say, how are we going to have a recovery when these jobs are gone. They're not coming back. They're high paying big tax generator jobs. Yeah, these these are the these really common, you know, common jobs that these large companies that have been here and people take for granted. They're just going away and they're Thank, not coming back. Thanks for the call. The big question is should corporate America train employees or should we train ourselves with cheaper college or better college? Let's go to Brian in Oakland. Brian. Hi, uh, I guess my comment was uh that um that the bulk of the uh, the rationale for doing this is, is really cost reasons, not so much the uh, lack of expertise of American workers. So when you look at what's what's going on, it's not. So Brian, you're you're in the inflow. You're you're saying that Intel will bring someone from a foreign country so they can pay them less. First, Absolutely. First and foremost, Absolutely. does isn't it Intel's right to pay whatever they want to pay? And and uh, a foreign worker could say no. Does Intel have to pay top dollar? What where in the Constitution does it say that? It doesn't have to, but if they get all kinds of tax breaks and all kinds of incentives to, to, to do business in California and in the U.S., then, um, then they have a responsibility. What tax, breaks do they get, what tax breaks do they get in the state of California? They, they get many tax breaks. When, when they open up um, plants here, when they open up uh, offices here, they get all kinds of tax breaks and, and incentives to, to do that in this, in this country. Okay. So you, yeah. think it's, you just think it's corporate America being cheap? I, I, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's the uh, job of business to try to reduce costs. 
and that's what they're doing. But they're, I think they're being disingenuous about it when they say I think if American yeah. workers they don't have the expertise. They do. I, yeah, I, I, disagree, I disagree with you. I think if Intel wanted to be cheap, they would hire a foreign worker in a foreign country because Intel has operations in China. Intel has operations on Ireland. If they want to go with a cheap, cheaper work cost and fewer taxes, they'd hire them in foreign markets. I disagree with you, Brian, but I respect your opinion. 800-345-5639. Talking a little bit about H-1 visas. H-1B. It's a program where we import 65,000 highly skilled, not lowly skilled, not construction people, not people who swing hammers, but highly skilled workers. Microsoft and Intel are the poster child uh, for importing foreign workers. Where do you stand on this? Because here's what's happening. A lot of these workers are now going back to their home country. It's a brain drain. We, I think we want them in this country. And I think Intel has the right to hire whoever they want. As long as they're not discriminating. I got no problem with wage discrimination. And again, if you really think a, a top genetic scientist from, from uh, Japan is going to come to the United States and work for under, under fair quality, under competitive wages... I think you're crazy. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. I'm going to jump on the live blog, see what you're saying there. Talk910.com. I'm John Cobell. I'm Ken Shampo. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now... Rob Black on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Got an interesting topic today. We're talking a little H-1B program. We may have said all that there can be said as far as where do you stand. It seems that some people don't like foreign workers taking American jobs unless you work in an American job that's highly skilled and then you seem to appreciate foreign workers with high skill. It seems that a lot of people think there's a conspiracy that foreigners will work for less than Americans will. And I don't think that's such a bad thing. My big worry is the brain drain effect where fewer U.S. opportunities are sending expatriates back home. With unemployment at 10%, prospects for finding work, bleak foreign-born professionals who came to the United States to get a better job, they're now retreating. They're going back. Foreign-based companies in Asia, they're using the employment pitch in the United States to hire away American workers and to hire away H-1B visa holders. Now, beyond the opportunity gap, you know, employees with H-1B1 visas, permits issued to skilled workers from other countries— it could be treated unfairly by management. The employer isn't worried about leaving them because it's hard to get an H-1B job. So now you're starting to get a little bit of reverse discrimination in the United States where uh, the manager's mad because a foreigner has the job. A foreigner. We live in a world where we still say the word foreigner. That's crazy. Uh, with that said, I'm, I'm a big fan of capitalism, and I think capitalism works best when you have the ability to build the company you want to build. What does Intel... Where would we be without the great American company, Intel? Right? We live in the Bay Area, and we've got Intel. And Intel probably helped develop the computer faster and, and made us a world-dominant power. Oddly enough, started by a foreign, foreign-born worker. Not American-born. How many millions of jobs? Not millions of jobs. How many hundreds of thousands of jobs has Intel created in the last 30 years? 
How about Sun Microsystems? Again, another company started by someone who was foreign-born. How about Yahoo? You ever notice those, 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 those Yahoo founders are not on the white side? Or Google? How about those companies that are American companies that we love and we adore? But they weren't started with the education system of the United States. I blame our education system for a massive failure. I, I blame our education system for turning out wussies. We'd rather a kid get a passing grade than be told to go work harder. I think it, you can point the finger in California. You know, I, I used to be ashamed when I came home with a B on a report card. I was ashamed. It, it was a, a scarlet letter in my family. We were asked to do more and, and go further. Every one of the six kids went to college. Every one of us went to graduate school. We were asked to do more and to go farther. So foreign-based companies now, they're starting to look at the United States, and they're starting to cherry-pick our best workers. What's going to be a problem there is our best workers pay the highest taxes in the United States. Those taxes, you know, they help support our senior citizens in the state of California so they don't have to pay higher property tax. 800-345-5639 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. I think what we learned in that segment, and, and I think we could close the book on it. If you want to call, please do. It's 800-345-5639. What we learned is that there's no right answers. There's none. Everyone has an opinion, but there's no right answer. I learned many, many, many years ago. There's no right answer in economics. So let's see what the, the live blog had to say. If anyone, Mary, I'm not going to quote Mary. I hate Mary. Um, okay, Brian says, great topic today. The biggest problem is our educational system. So he agrees with me. Where other countries, India pushes their children towards particular industries and types of jobs. The U.S. does none of that. There's a total disconnect with our colleges and employment here. And Farquad says, uh, there's a good indirect advantage to hiring legal foreign workers. They never have to take time off for jury duty. <laughs> That's funny. So Farquad has a sense of humor, I suppose. So let's get on and uh, get into some of the content of the day. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. One of the things that happened this morning was the Golden Globe announcements. Up in air. I want to see up in air. It's about a guy who basically travels 330 days a year, always in the airplane. Gets all these corporate perks. United Airlines really took a big um, risk. They basically were an advertiser in the movie, but what they wanted to do was show you the benefits. And this is, it's crazy. So they wanted to show you the benefits of being a frequent flyer, of being a frequent flyer, first class flyer. So you're seeing George Clooney being treated lavishly in the movie. It's one of those things you're like, isn't a movie just a movie? Nope. The corporate influence in movies is huge. The musical Nine emerged as a front runner at the Golden Globes with five nods. Never saw the movie. I don't even think I've heard of the movie Nine. What's wrong with me? Do I work too much? Um, the expensive Avatar, James Cameron's $230 million 3D space adventure. And Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards with four nominations, including Best Motion Picture Drama. The other nominees in the category, The Hurt Locker, Precious, based on the novel Push. So those are your Academy Award potentials. Good for uh, Quentin Tarantino getting four nominations, including Best Picture, Inglorious Bastards. You know what I like about Quentin Tarantino? He doesn't take himself too seriously. I got to watch uh, Cron 4. Uh, he got interviewed by Jan Wall. And uh, Jan Wall, the hat lady. And uh, if you go to YouTube, you can uh, Google it. Or you can YouTube it. It's fantastic. Put in Jan Wall and put in Quentin Tarantino. And you'll find the, the most hilarious clip you'll see of the day. So ultimately what happens is Jan Wall tries to 
for the movie release, Kill Bill, uh, Quentin Tarantino does a satellite tour. And uh, Tanner Wall tries to sabotage him and goes, don't you think your movie is a little bit too violent for girls and it, 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 it glorizes violence in women? And he goes, no, Jan. It's a woman who's got power and she kills people and she cuts off their heads and like she's she's empowered. She's not she's not Barbie. She's you know, she's a badass. And uh, Jan's like, don't you think your movie is sending the wrong message to little girls? He's like, it's an R movie, Jan. Little girls aren't supposed to see it, Jan. It's R. It's comic book. It's not it's not it's not serious. I love Quentin Tarantino. He basically rips her a hole that she didn't have before. So if she had five holes normally, she added one or two holes, if you know what I'm saying. Um, it was a glorious interview. And I, I did Quentin Tarantino because whatever he does, it's two hours of checking out. Let's just go relax, have fun, and, and kill some Nazis. Um, you know, that's what that's what he's all about, or vampires. It's just let's check out and enjoy a good story. Anyway, Meryl Streep, big winner. Uh, Sandra Bullock gets lots of nominations. Mr. Clooney, uh, Morgan Freeman, and Invictus. For some reason, Invictus, doesn't it look contrived? Like, hey, it's the role of a lifetime for Morgan Freeman. He's going to play. Uh, oh, God, that just looks awful. You know, it just, it looks contrived. And, oh, Matt Damon's going to be playing a soccer player. Ooh, I'm tired of Matt Damon. I'm tired of of Morgan Freeman. Let's see some new actors. Let's get some new blood in Hollywood. Why do we always rehash the same people again and again and again? Movies like Slumdog Millionaire, they're, they're such nice surprises. I think it was a little overrated, but it's such a nice surprise to not see Matt Damon and Morgan Freeman in a movie. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show. 9.10 a.m., 9.10 a.m., the new tag here is more stimulating talk. I'll jump on the live blog during the commercial break, talk910.com, talk910.com, and you can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. If you want to push your visa issues and you're afraid to get on the air, you can uh, email me, rob at robblack.com. Uh, coming up, I got a real super long segment, so stick with me. Get in the Rob Black chat room live now. Go to talk910.com. Go to the Rob Black page and click play. Hanging around downtown by myself. And I had so much time to sit down and think about myself. And then there she was. Like double cherry pie. Yeah, there she was. My bad. Intel wasn't founded by a foreign worker. It was their third employee, Andy Grove, who was foreign-based, foreign-born. My bad. I forgot I forgot about uh, Gordon Moore. That's an obvious oversight. And Robert Noyce. Noyce. But Andy Grove, who stewarded the company through most of the 80s, the 90s, uh, engineer background mind, uh, born in Hungary. My bad. My bad. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Got a couple more uh, emails on this whole topic that I think are worthy of throwing out there. Uh, Bob sends an email. He says, I work at a large tech company, and we've got many foreign workers on H-1B1 visas. Uh, what I can say that this program isn't always bad. I would also like to say that the company isn't always using the program to hire the best and the brightest. From my experience, many of these workers can be challenging to work with due to language and cultural barriers. And are not better or more productive than American workers due to those barriers. Also, as bad as this sounds, I have noticed that if we have an Indian manager, they tend to only hire Indian workers, regardless of who is best qualified. In the same sense, if we have a Chinese manager, they tend to hire only Chinese workers. 
So I don't know. Suddenly we're we're skidding on the topic of almost racism, and, and I don't know about that. So I think I'm going to drop the topic. I'm done with it. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Coming up later in the show, I'm going to be speaking with who am I going to be speaking with? Chris Chris Cuddy Chris Kenny Chris Kenny. Oh, there it is. He's a financial advisor with Merrill Lynch in Walnut Creek. Um, we're going to talk about some end of the year tax strategies, selling off losers. Maximize retirement savings, things along those lines. We got tons of show coming up for you. So don't go anywhere. Please don't go anywhere. Um, let's talk about. Oh, oh, I saw a cool thing. What is it? What is it you say? Tell me. Comcast is unveiling a nationwide web television service today. Huh? Remember how uh, Comcast is going after NBC Universal to get access to shows like Friends? Well, now if you've got the internet, you can have Comcast television programs. So that's kind of, you kind of see where this is all going. Heidi, the wonder producer, I got Maisie the wonder dog and Heidi the wonder producer. She said, I hooked up a S cable to my computer and whoa, I can watch TV on my, off my computer now. So she's all excited about that. She's pumped. She's stoked. Quality's not good, but that's where we're going. So her and her husband only have basic cable because they're po. They live in the ghetto, in the ghetto. So um, so they don't have basic cable. They don't have extended cable. Maybe I'll buy her extended cable for Christmas. Maybe it'll be my Christmas gift. Is I will throw on her uh, high-quality cable programming. That'll be my my shtick. Anyway, um, so she's hooked up an S-cable, and it's it's she's basically like 1996 technology. She needs to get a little bit more advanced, but maybe I'll go over to her house and help her uh, hook up some, uh, some new issues, so to speak. Anyway, Rupert Murdoch, him and his News Corp. They're in the news today, social networking site MySpace. They're kicking the tires of a website called Flickster, 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 Flickster Flickster.com. Now, News Corp already owns a company called Rotten Tomatoes, so a combination of the two would seem to be a little bit more motivation. Now, in other news, Murdoch, he's a media mogul, and he's kind of cool. Whether you like him or not, Fox, you know, has a clear conservative bent. I'm not talking about that. What I like about him is he's a billionaire who, like, he'll go to the newsstands and he'll yell at the newsstand operator. Um, and if you don't live in New York, if you've never lived in New York, you don't really don't grasp how important newsstands are to New York City. Um, he'll yell at newsstand operators saying, put my paper up front, put my paper up front. Like, he's a pretty aggressive old kaji dude. 800-345-5639. He's one of the old people I don't want to turn into food and eat as a cracker because he's still uh, developing his business sense. Let's go to Larry in Oakland. Larry? Larry in Oakland. Hello. Hi. Hey there. I wanted to ask about uh, Exxon. Exxon, in the light of the acquisition of XTO. Short-term bad, long-term good. Uh, what do you think about the acquisition of XTO? Why did they, why did they do it? Well, I think they, they see the writing on the wall that a natural gas is going to be a, a major uh, way of combating uh, global warming because it only produces half as much carbon for the same amount of energy. Why don't you think our nation's really fallen in love with natural gas. We got plenty of it. We're, our Appalachian Mountains are like the uh, Saudi Arabia of natural gas. I don't know. They're, they're pushing this algae thing in their commercials, but you know, I read an article that that's, that's just a sort of placating people, but you know, they really want to do it with natural gas. So I don't know what the, what the problem is, because uh, I think one thing is they don't want to uh, have to pay the cost of uh, retooling all the uh, the power generation to work with natural gas instead of coal. Right. Well, it's going to happen. Exxon, basically, I, I they did something big yesterday, Larry, by buying XTO Energy. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk a little about it, and thanks for the call. Exxon 
nation's biggest energy company. They're basically saying natural gas, we got lots of it from Texas to Pennsylvania. In the last 10 years, Exxon's out in Russia looking for oil. Exxon's out in the Gulf looking for oil. Exxon's out in, you know, Indonesia and Tunisia looking for oil. They're, they're in third world parts of the country, extreme parts of the country, world. And right here in our own backyard, we've got tons of natural gas. Now, the biggest energy company is starting to pay attention to this. Exxon, they're expanding into shale gas, an area that's been seeing tremendous growth, an increase in gas resources by 45 trillion cubic feet, roughly equivalent to two years of domestic demand. The transaction's the biggest since $81 billion merger of Exxon and Mobil in 1991. So this was a big deal yesterday, and I didn't really talk about it. Now, the acquisition extends Exxon's bet that fossil fuels are going to be a critical part of the nation's energy supply for many, 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 many decades. Fossil fuels, oil, coal, and natural gas. Exxon expects demand for natural gas, which emits half as much carbon dioxide as coal, that'll rise as the United States looks to pair its global warming emissions and the world seeks greener sources of energy. Now, Rex Tellerson, he's the CEO of Exxon. He said yesterday, this is not a near-term decision. He said, this isn't for the next 10, 20, 30 years. We think there'll be a significant demand for natural gas in the future. Shale gas drilling, though, it's not clean. It poses some environmental concern where it occurs. Natural gas holds promise, though, because it will help slow the growth of global carbon dioxide emissions. Now, Exxon said a month in this month that its long-term strategy on energy demand, that it expects natural gas consumption to grow faster than oil or coal consumption over the next two decades. There's a world summit going on right now where we're trying to push for less carbon emissions as a world. Purchase could uh, set a fresh round of mergers. This could be interesting to watch um, unfold for ConocoPhillips and Chevron Texaco. Um, in large part, they want to expand their natural gas. If, if Exxon's leading that direction, maybe they better do some acquisitions. So you're going to see names like Chesapeake Energy, Devon Energy, and Canna and EOG, EOG Resources potentially picked up because this is a paradigm shift. Exxon's putting their money where their mouth is, a huge acquisition, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they're basically saying, you know what? The world's going to push for more natural gas, so we better make sure we have some. Let's go to Ted in Redwood City, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Ted? Hey, Rob. Uh, much respect. I love your show. Um, very kind. <laughs> So, uh, so I just got the great opportunity to move to Microsoft. I'm moving up to Redmond. Uh, I've accepted a job there to work for um, for the big Microsoft Corporation, and wanted to know your take on them and and how they stack up against obviously Google and Oracle and all these other big companies gunning for them and what their future is. I'm going to be a shareholder now. <laughs> uh, don't confuse being a shareholder with being an employee. So don't take too you know treat your stock options that they give you as income and don't treat it as retirement plan. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense, yeah. So, um, you know, they're not paying you a million dollars. They're paying you what they can in cash and then giving you shares is another way of saying, we like you, Ted. But they're not doing it because of your retirement plan. They're doing it to, as a way of supporting your income. So I like Microsoft as a company to work for. Love them. I don't think they're going to go away anytime soon. Um, with that said, as a relatively young man, you've probably noticed that people change jobs in the world of tech, you know, maybe, uh, down the road, Google will start something that's similar to what Microsoft's doing. And you'll say, Ooh, I'm gonna go work for them for a couple of years. I'm tired of this Redmond, Washington. I think Redmond's a great city. It's a fun city. Um, it's a young city. You'll enjoy it. The school systems are fantastic. Uh, Microsoft is still the world's number one software company. They're not going away anytime soon. There is a concern that the Chrome operating system by Google may make a little bit of inroads at some point in time against Microsoft, but I still say it's going to be a while. 
until you start hearing that your dentist is using Chrome, we're a long way off because a dental office, they don't want to train people. They want you to use Microsoft Word because you know how to use it. They want you to use Microsoft Outlook because you know how to use it. And if, they, if you have to start getting trained on other issues, then instead of you know scraping plaque off teeth, you're starting to do other issues. So I, I like Microsoft um, Office software, uh, server software, applications, storage software. Uh, they're bulking up their presence in online advertising and mobile devices and enterprise software. Uh, they you know did a large chunk of acquisition of Yahoo um, market relationship. Uh, the whole acquisition was reboofed, but maybe down the road uh, they end up picking them up. You're talking about a company that has fifty eight billion dollars in sales. Um, I have no beef in any way, shape, or form with Microsoft. In short term, I think the stock is poised to go a little bit higher, um, in large part because they got the right product and um, they can bleed that product and make it. Uh, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. And thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Here it is. Um, Microsoft, early stages of material operating and financial improvement, uh, fueled in part by a strong product cycle. I got Windows 7, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's good. It's good. It's not changed my life. It doesn't you know, butter my bread. If it did butter my bread, I'd be pretty happy. Now, the firm, there's a firm doing some research on them today says that they expect Windows 7 is going to improve client average selling prices beginning this quarter and continuing at least through 2010. This is driven by three factors, an improvement in premium mix to the low 70s by the end of 2010 from upper 63% last quarter in margins. They think that a higher price for Windows 7 starter versus Windows XP Basic on netbooks is helping them out, and a higher Windows pricing in emerging markets combined with continued focus on piracy reduction uh, is playing out well for this Windows 7 product cycle. I don't think it's the end-all be-all, and I maybe the stock can get hurt if they acquire Palm. I, I can't imagine that they haven't had discussions of acquiring Palm. Motorola's got the Google phone, or Google's got the Motorola uh, Droid, and they're coming out with their own version of a phone. Right now, they're giving it to employees, and that's going to roll out next year. Um, so I'd imagine Microsoft could pick them up if they need to. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I think I beat the, the snot out of the content on Microsoft. I don't need to beat it out anymore. Would I work for the company? Absolutely. Um, let's go through some of the Wall Street Journal today. I'm always, always eyeballing what's going on in the journal. A um, couple things, you know, that instantly stand out. There's an article on a, It's titled, A Little Inflation Shouldn't Be Worrisome. I say this all the time on the air that I am afraid to death of inflation. I'm afraid to death of inflation. I got a little bit of a Diet Coke addiction. And in my lifetime, I've seen it go from 25 cents or Diet Coke to two bucks. I really haven't seen it go much above the $2 threshold. I'm sure somewhere out there in the world, there's a Coke machine charging 250. But that's inflation. So when I was a little boy, when I was a tadpole, 25 cents. And now that I'm a big frog... Two bucks, buck fifty, buck seventy-five in that neighborhood, right? So that's inflation. I'm worried that in six, in twenty years, when I retire, when I'm no longer king of all things financial radio shows, um, that maybe my cooks can cost four bucks. So I have to save today and beat inflation if I still want to have a soda when I'm in retirement. So there's an article that says a little inflation shouldn't be worrisome. Now, inflation is the boogeyman. Inflation, cost of a house. If you have a house and it's going up, you're happy. But if you don't have a house, how will you ever afford one? That's the question. That's that's when inflation becomes problematic. Cost of a car. When I was a wee little tadpole, cars cost twelve thousand. Now to get a decent car, it's thirty five, forty, fifty, fifty five thousand. 
So that's crazy. You see it in inflation. So how will I drive a car that's not a Yugo? Remember Yugos? <laughs> Where were they made? Quick, 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 quick. Yugoslavia. Back when there was a Yugoslavia. Anyway, um, 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 where do I go with that? So a little inflation is not bad. Okay, now, how can you say a little inflation is not bad? Basically, what it means is demand's good, and people feel like they can raise prices because there's enough demand. That's why a little inflation is not bad. Now, elsewhere in the journal, elsewhere in the journal, they do some stocks in the news, and they, they highlight Sun Microsystems and how they moved up uh, higher yesterday, 11%. Basically, EU regulators reacted positively to an Oracle purchase of Sun Microsystems. Um, okay, that doesn't really work for me. Luna Innovations. I've never heard of Luna Innovations. That company was up 61% yesterday. Whoa, right? Now, the company announced a settlement with Hanson Medical that resolves litigation, clearing a route, route out of bankruptcy. Okay. I don't know. It's, that, that's going to take a lot more work for me. You know, medical devices aren't something you just say, let's invest in. You really got to understand, is the product good once? Is the product good twice? Because if a doctor, let's say a doctor comes up, with a, a herpes gun removal. And uh, he's, he's shooting the herpes sores off your face. Pew, 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 pew. Um, but then he, he it actually burns you and, and scars you and you sue him for millions and millions of dollars. Well, he's not going to use that herpes gun a second time. So medical devices are all about a second time. Not necessarily a first time. Coinstar was in the news yesterday. Redbox extended their deal with Paramount. I love Coinstar and Redbox. I can go into my local CVS and get uh, the Terminator movie. The new Terminator movie, Terminator Salvation. I wouldn't dare pay 10 bucks for it. I wouldn't dare take a woman to the seed Terminator because that's 20 bucks. And then popcorn and everything, that's 40 bucks, right? I can get Terminator Salvation for a buck at Coinstar. Watch it, be done with it, have my little sci-fi jollies, and move on. Other stories, other in the news, they say in the good news and in the bad news. Yesterday, Citigroup was down. Uh, the bank's going to repay $20 billion to government aid and extra program under which the U.S. would cover loan losses. What I like about that is that's an opportunity for me. I look at that and go, that's not bad. Like, okay, so it's going to get diluted because they're issuing shares, but it's still a big banking company that in my lifetime will make billions and 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 billions of dollars. So I look at that as, ooh, maybe it's an opportunity. So I don't necessarily look at bad news as bad news. I look at sometimes bad news as opportunistic. Does that make any sense? I think it does. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Also in the Wall Street Journal, I look at the new highs and lows. Why do I do that? Okay, let's go back and pretend it's March. Okay, let's pretend it's March. I don't know. What were you doing in March? I guess you were celebrating the Pittsburgh Steelers just winning the Super Bowl a month earlier. So you're all happy you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And you look at the highs and lows, but that was at a market bottom. You had a lot more lows. New lows, new highs. Um, how about looking at the new highs and lows during a recession? Let's go back to 2008 when the recession was worst in the United States, where jobs were being cut to the tune of hundreds and thousands across the board. Factories were being shut down. We need a Billy Joel song. We need a we need a Billy Joel song. We need, or maybe a Bruce Springsteen. The factories are all shutting down. Anyway, um, go back to the recession and see who was making highs and lows. What's it tell you? It tells you what works in a bad economy. It tells you what works in a good economy. So you can learn. You can learn um, from studying what's working and what's not working in good economies and bad economies. Now, Walmart. I don't know. Walmart's one of those shows that we should have a, a whole show on. One of those stocks that we should have a whole show on. Because you either love them or you hate them. You really do. 
Um, for almost a decade, Walmart stores has been boasting that they're, you know, they're going to have a dominant internet site, and they're, they're eventually going to topple Amazon as the world's largest online merchant. But this year, you know, Walmart's using the Achilles heel of Amazon against them. So they're basically saying, hey, you can order it online and come pick it up at our store. Get this. Walmart's testing a radical concept. Now, what could be radical for Walmart? Something that keeps the white trash out of the store? No, 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 no. Something that keeps the human stains out of the store? Oh, no, no, no. Walmart's new radical concept is a drive through window. Are you kidding me? Similarly found at like pharmacies and uh, fast food restaurants where shoppers can pick up their internet orders. So there was a time when the online and offline businesses were viewed as different. Now you're starting to realize that there's actually a, a physical advantage sometimes. So Walmart now ranks amongst the top e-commerce sites in the world. Um, $1.7 billion in annual sales. That ain't too shabby. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I did a little uh, shtick on Microsoft. Let's balance it out and do a little bit of shtick on HP. Um, again, Bay Area company, right? That's why I'm talking about it. Um, give me uno momentero. Uh, HP, they plan to increase investments in networking business. Now, what's going on there? Let's think about this for just a second. They're going to get there. Hold on. Wait, isn't HP a printer company? And what, don't they make computers? And yeah, we know that they've picked up some uh, service companies so that they can go into like a clear channel and give us computers and printers and network them all together. But in the past, they've been using companies like Cisco to supply that technology investment. Now they're going to be a key player in the market and compete with Cisco. The company last month announced plans to buy a networking company, 3Com, for $2.7 billion. Now, HP, world's largest personal computer maker, they plan to hire more sales employees. And they've set quotas for networking equipment that they need to sell. So the war is heating up with Cisco. I love tech wars, don't you? Isn't it kind of fun to watch, you know, EA against Activision and Microsoft uh, against Netscape for a little while there, and then Microsoft against Google, and now Google's kind of not even focusing on Microsoft as much, and they're going after Apple. Tech wars are fun. Now, Cisco controls about 76% of the market for local area network switches, compared with 12% for HP and 3Com, if you combine them. So HP is a far second place, right? That's 88% of the market between those two guys. But 76% of the Monopoly board goes to Cisco. So it was a business unit... That's interesting, but not one with lots and lots of red neon lights flashing on and off, on and off and on and off. So they needed to get a CEO. So 3Com provides a lot of ammunition to fight against Cisco. In the past, Cisco sold servers and companies, and they relied on Cisco to provide the networking company, so uh, the networking gear to these companies. So Cisco looked at HP to provide servers. So And now they're you know going at each other pretty aggressively. Tech wars are fun. Let's go to Char. Santa Rosa. Char, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for the call. Um, I have a, uh, a question. Uh, it's concerning my son and his wife. Okay. And they bought, they bought a home uh, about two years ago. Uh-oh. And it was a little bit of a tight squeeze for them then, but they've had some financial setback. Yep. And, and now it's really... Um, it was really, really difficult, and I was um, wanting to pass on some info to them if I could concerning a how to modify your mortgage. And I know there's some real scams out there, or you know, I, I just like to pass on some good, solid information. Yeah, um, 
how bad are they underwater? Do you know? Uh, how much do they buy the house for? And what do you think it's worth today? Wow. They, you know, I don't know all the details, Rob, but I'll, I'll just say that they bought it for like 275 and it's probably, you know, two and a quarter now. And they've got a six point seven five loan on it, I believe. And you say they've hit hard times. Have they lost jobs? Uh, well, he's in construction. Okay. And so his his pay has gone almost in half with he used to get a lot of overtime and all. And now they're also expecting a baby next year. Whoa. So it's just going to really hit, you know. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about it, Char, and thanks for the call. Without knowing a lot more specs, it's tough for me to analyze or even give good opinions on. Um, They might be looking at a short sale if they can't get a modification. So you try to get a modification. So in order to get a modification, what you're going to want to do is be really smart about it. You need to show the bank that you're going to be able to afford a new payment. If your salary has been cut in half, you may not be able to do it. If you're the bank, would you give your son a loan? That's the question. They're not in the business of of losing money. They're in the business of servicing loans. So get a good budget together. And if you need a budget spreadsheet, drop me an email, robertrobblack.com, robertrobblack.com. I can send you a family budget spreadsheet, no problem. Ask for the family budget spreadsheet. And in it, you're going to put your rent or your mortgage. You're going to put your electricity, your gas, your entertainment, and everything else. And then you're going to turn that over to the bank at some point in time, along with a letter explaining the hardship. I've lost my job. I've lost half my pay, but here's the plan on how I'm going to be able to, you know, pay the bills. If you can't show them that, they don't care. So if you want to get legal help, there's a lady in San Francisco named Michelle McGill. Um, I've heard people get modifications through her firm. I'm not in the business of referrals. I get no kickbacks in any way, shape, or form. I know that she's done some good work. I can't promise that she could do good work for your son because in his case, he lost his job. He may not have the ability to qualify. 275000 sounds like a condo. Banks don't really want to redo a lot of refinances on condos because there's so many freaking of them. They're not real estate investments. So I would say good budget, good letter, send everything, um, document everything, and send everything with registered mail. Try to prove your case as best you can. If that doesn't work, get a lawyer. If that doesn't work, consider a short sale and moving on. There's no shame in, in making a mistake if you can rent for less for a couple years. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Again, I just answered that in two minutes. I wish I had 10. So don't don't go out and do what I say. Just use it as some guidelines to start. 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.